two. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for June 10th of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHats.com. And this is the first podcast after the hockey season has concluded, and we have a brand new Stanley Cup champion. We we knew we would after round two's elimination of the Penguins. And as it turns out, the team that eliminated the Penguins was the team that won it all. Uh, the Washington Capitals are your Stanley Cup champions. Alex Ovechkin is your drinking god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and your con smart winner. Yes, that that as well. So we're gonna kind of uh, talk about have a little Capitals themed podcast going on because they they certainly earned it and deserve it. Uh, I didn't peg them to be a significant contender this year, and uh, lo and behold, that's how this sport works. They they did it. The thing that's hilarious about that is you and I are both in the same boat in regards to not really pegging them to, to be there. Like they, it felt like they'd missed that, you know, uh, often talked about two-year window that they had. Even their general manager said, damn it, we missed the window. They still got 105 points in a year that everybody said was a down year for them. So it's not like this team wasn't able to win games. It's just that they didn't look like the same kind of team that we're used to seeing. And um, I do find it amusing that it felt like that Pittsburgh Penguins series turned around when Jacob Verana got into the lineup and played more meaningful minutes and they suddenly looked a little bit more balanced. And I have a feeling at times that this team kind of won in spite of trots rather than because of him. Like you look at some of the decisions he made early in the playoffs, admittedly he corrected those decisions as he went along, so you've got to give him credit there. But um, hopefully other teams and coaches will see that playing young talent and allowing them to make errors occasionally, it's going to be okay because the positives definitely will outweigh the negatives. And I don't think Verona had a ton of goals. He obviously had a pretty big goal in Game 5, the deciding game. But he made plays. He created time and space for his line mates. Other things um, happened that probably wouldn't have happened if they had... uh, and that's more my point. That That's the thing. It's the overall, this player can contribute other things on the ice besides not making a mistake. And, and I think hockey coaches at the elite level need to get away from the, well, I just don't want my guy to make a mistake, as opposed to, I need guys that can create opportunities for my absolute out-and-out superstars to do something with the puck. And Verana helped facilitate that as the playoffs went along. And that high glove shot was pretty nice, too. Oh, it was absolutely dandy. But credit here as well, they had Kuznetsov hurt, they had Backstrom hurt, they missed Wilson, um, and they had Burakovsky out, although he definitely made sure he saw the titties going around the net after they won the cup as well. So (laughs) he's got very good eyes, that boy. (laughs) Yeah. Vegas, who would have thought? This is one of the best after-the-win things I've ever seen. This entire Caps celebration has just been fantastic. I can't help but think that the the tone was set by winning it in Vegas. Absolutely. I mean, Ovechkin hasn't been dry since, has he? Uh, Doubtful. I mean, I'm sure he slept (laughs) a little, but... Yeah. It's been fun to see his raw emotion and... um, 
just his jubilation after having just so much thrown his way negatively, even with him producing. Well, remember, he doesn't care. He's Russian. It doesn't mean all that much to him. Yeah, I mean, clearly not. Yeah. Thing, ha- thing, oh, thing hasn't left his side. And now, now, <laughs> the, going... now the trendy Canadian um, criticism is that he's not sharing it enough. Well, I was going to say, it's literally going to be your day with the cup and Ovechkin. I've seen that joke made quite a few times on Twitter. You know, Sid had it quite a bit after they won, if I recall. It just wasn't um, public. Because that's just not his thing. And I'm not saying that's better or worse. I'm just saying that that's his personality. Yeah, they're two very different people. and it's. Um, I'd rather it's hang out with Alex to... myself. But... Absolutely, I'd love to rather hang out with Alex. You do, or maybe Oli Mata, one of the two. Both seem pretty capable of partying. Um, but yeah, it's just it's great to see how happy he is and how well he's sharing it publicly, to be honest. He really doesn't give a toss right now. He's going everywhere and anywhere with that cup, and it is basically a ticket to do whatever you want right now. And Washington's had a lot of really crummy sports recent history. So for them to... um, And and I do think that area does enjoy their hockey. Um, So uh, it's good to see an area get to... Kind of celebrate once in a while. Pittsburgh doesn't yeah, need to hog it for everybody forever. No, as nice as that would be as a Penguins fan. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's been a great year for Washington in the sense that they you know, almost blew it in the first round, got past their demon in the second round, um, beat a team that everybody thought was deeper and better at almost every position, and then frog stomped all over a Vegas team that everybody gave them a pretty good shot at 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 least looking better than a five-game route because it was against Washington. Like, all the garbage that's come along in Ovechkin's career all just got wiped away. Unless, of course, you're you're Larry Brooks, who says that all his losing still matters. Yes, I think he should have made more saves against Pittsburgh. (laughs) Let's Let's be honest, last year... Marc-Andre Fleury's stupid butt end caught that Ovechkin, like, absolute rip. I yeah. can't believe the stick didn't fall out of his hand or the puck didn't Just go dribble in, in after it, yeah. Deflect in anyways. So, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm, we've said this over and over again. Washington was the better team in 2017. And even with being the better team, they still couldn't catch that, that break off a of butt end. And, um, you know, that's why it's kind of funny that they they won it this year. Because what's changed with Alex Ovechkin? The answer should be, well, he's actually worse now than than he was. Yeah, (laughs) yep, absolutely. No, no, yeah, I can't wait. And that's not a diss on him, but, like, he used to be, he's he's won as many Hart Trophies as anybody else in the cap era, right? Three? Yep, yep, yep. He, he's an unstoppable force. He's missed four games in 13 years, and considering the way he plays, um, his durability is absolutely amazing. I, 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 it's one of those things where it frustrates me in the whole, 
oh, what changed with Ovechkin? It's like, well, nothing. His teammates actually got up to the level that was required to win it. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's blocking more shots and he's being more yeah, responsible defensively. He, he's not. He's always blocked shots in the playoffs. He's always back-checked a little bit more in the playoffs than he has in the regular season. He always knew the sacrifices that needed to be made to win a cup. It's just that they didn't get they didn't get halacked. They didn't get flurried. Um, when they decided to go back to Holtby, he got better each round, and he was you know very 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 good. Got to, Tampa. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, he did. And to be honest, ignore the the save sort of situation. There was. There were times where uh, Vegas really pushed and probably should have scored, and it's sort of the flip of what would normally happen to Washington. They would push and should score, and never did. Well, that's what happened to Vegas. They pushed, should have scored, didn't. Holtby was, you know, as awesome as Holtby's numbers would suggest he is in all the two-round exits he's had in his career so far. Um, It all just went the right way for them, and there's a little bit of luck involved in that, but there's also, you know, good old... Uh, hockey man, hard work, and um, just flat-out skill. Yeah, and Kuznetsov with 30-something uh, points. He's got a... He's he's very unlucky that he's playing like with Alex Ovechkin because it's a little bit Kessel-Crosby. Yeah, I was thinking that. Um, I, I thought Kuznetsov probably... It, they've turned it into a career award more than a which is yeah, which I literally which means guys that you know what's this going to do for this guy's legacy yeah but I mean how's a guy like Claude Lemieux ever going to win it again you get what I'm saying though be, be tough I think he's past his aging curve you Brian. know what I mean you smart ass but you've got those kind of guys that go out and have a, a blitz of a playoff who aren't you know legacies kind of guys Fernando like, Pisani well, from 06 would have been that guy. The yeah, Oiler, yeah. I think he had like 15 goals. Yeah, so if they're going to start making it the Career Achievement Award, then they need to have another look at themselves and how they're going to do it. You know, because it would have felt... I mean, Fleury would have deserved it had Vegas won. Um, um, boy, he was terrible. See, that's the thing. I watched the games, and I don't think he was terrible. Well, I think he, I think he played injured. I think he had a sore groin, um, but he wasn't making the ridiculous saves that he needed to make. But he had a lot of more east-west this playoff series than he had in any of the other three before him. I, I thought he um, lost his center. He did. He got over aggressive and was way outside his angles. Absolutely, and then he had to overcorrect the other way. When I say terrible, um, it's from the standpoint of he never hit 900 save percentage in any of the five games. His numbers were terrible, absolutely terrible. And when you compare it to some of his more famous flameouts, now mind you, he got them to the Stanley Cup final, and I I think we were both talking about him being the Conn Smythe winner Potentially, regardless of outcome, that's how well he played. But in the final, you're talking about a Philadelphia 2012 situation, uh, 2013 Islanders, 2010 Canadians. Uh, that level of bad against the. Oh Canadians. no, it was. It, it, if you look at it in the sense of like being a, a Mark Andre Fleury fan, what happened in these five games was the exact reverse of what I wanted to see. If he'd just been average through. 
the Stanley Cup final series and they lose it in six and he has a even a 9.15 during the series, he probably gets it because he, his he, overall save percentage doesn't fall off the wagon. But he was at like 8.85 for most of this series. He, he would have got some votes. Uh, I think with Kuznetsov above 30 points, it's tough to give it I, to I the losing guy. Um, Absolutely. But he was at seven something for the last game was he not oh i i can't remember and you know what frustrated me with I, I listened to that game live while i was at work and what was great from the washington point of view is they never took their foot off the pedal when they were down in the third period like you could hear like i listened to the vegas coverage and you could hear that washington were pressing and pressing and pressing and it's like they need Fleury to stand on his head, and he. I never had any confidence that he was going to actually do that. You could just tell that what was going to happen, mainly because of the four games prior to this, is that he's a little loose, he's a little all over the place. They were going to score at least a tie to take it to OT, um, and then the game-winning goal, as much as as bad as it was that it was sitting behind him, Spieser, was it Spieser that got yeah, muscles to get to that Spieser part? fucked up the last two goals if my memory is correct yeah and so you do get there and you say to yourself Fleury's save percentage was terrible in the series and he did not bail this team out once really um, when they really really needed it Um, but they fell apart in front of him through the whole five games all the things that they were good at for the the first three rounds they did none of that this time around and for me it does show you that um, I don't know. They got Fleury, worked over by Winnipeg, and it, and Fleury was great. He he was, but there was also suggestions that he he did tweak something in that series, and you would have thought with the gap they had, he'd be fine. But you'd look at him at times, and he was over aggressive. Like I remember, Fleury used to be seven or eight feet outside his crease at times when he was in Pittsburgh, and then when he started getting a goalie coach, they started creeping him closer and closer back to the top of the crease. And in this series, he was he was overly aggressive. And, and I found that really weird considering how controlled he looked in the other three series. So he might have just done a typical flurry and just psyched himself out of being good, <laughs> which, is a, which is a shame. I thought the game-winning goal was <clears throat> kind of reminiscent from 08. Not quite the same, but... Remember how the puck squirted through his legs, sat there, he fell yeah. backwards, and his pants and put it in. Well, yeah. this one, it sat there, and um, I think Eller got to it. But, God, yeah. those leaky, frustrating ones. And uh, two cups have gone to opposing teams on those kind of goals. and Yeah. That's a tough position. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll give him credit, though. He's been out as the, the face of the franchise, talking to everybody about, you know, everything and he's he's copped the brunt of it um i have a feeling he actually holds this one on himself <laughs> to be honest i think he knows he didn't play at the level that he was required to even if that standard was a little unfair but yeah definitely unfair because he's the only reason they made it that far and i think that's what sort of annoys me about this for him it's like if he'd had a round if he'd had a, a series like this in round one everyone would have just been like oh whatever you know, expansion team shouldn't have got that far. They ran out of puff. Fleury got tired, whatever. But they get all the way to the very end, and then he has a series like this, and you've got that balancing act of, well, that's typical Fleury in the playoffs. He chokes. It's like, well, what about the three rounds before it? 
So this entire playoff run for Vegas is exactly what Mark andre Fleury is in his career. <laughs> he's absolutely awesome, and then he can be absolutely atrocious in the in the click of a finger. Um, yep. I think we've seen that over the course of time. <laughs> um, another one of the narratives that I don't care for is Mark andre Fleury's uh, proven something to the Penguins, and like proving what? What exactly? Like, do, does anybody really think the Penguins were actively trying to get rid of him? No, it, it came down this to isn't who a you... situation where, like, on their own, they're like, "Yeah, you're not as good." And see ya. It was weird fucking expansion draft. We got a younger guy coming off two cups, cost controlled, better numbers lately. Okay, I guess we gotta see ya. Bye. Like, I don't. And thank you for making it easy for us. Like, there couldn't possibly. Like, what's he gonna? I. It's just so stupid to me. I, I think he. I think he'd be pissed because quite clearly he loved being in Pittsburgh, and so you're gonna be pissed, at, you know, having to up your family and move. But I, I think him making it easier for the team, as in, yeah, okay, I'll go to Vegas. You won't have to sort of try and move stuff around to make it happen, and them you know probably talking to him about look dude where do you want to go and he just go let's go to vegas sort of thing it's probably like i don't think he's got any ill will towards the players and stuff like some people seem to suggest as well maybe towards the the management but he's not going to go out there and try and prove them wrong he's a competitive athlete he's going to try and be his best either way yeah but i don't like he's not this big was it he's not an idiot no, no, he's not. Like, this stuff happens. You get younger and cheaper and same, similar output. Like, okay. I it's This is nothing to do with him. This is people that are trying to create... A storyline, because it's easy to write. That's why. I just don't like that one. No, no I totally agree. Because you haven't heard really any of that about Marcheseau and, and you know, all those guys on that team would have that, technically have that chip on their shoulder. Well, my team didn't think I was good enough to protect, which is probably one of the things that made this year sort of happen, is that playing with that chip on your shoulder. But and, I don't think they're out to prove their other team wrong, as, you know what I mean? And playing in the Pacific Division. It does have its bonuses of playing all those teams as often as they do. Because do they beat Winnipeg and Nashville? Well, they... Because Winnipeg outplayed them, and, you know... Yeah, but if you look at it in that context, that Fleury outplayed... Hallebeck, right? And it's, you know, one of those sort of... Because that was the difference in the series. Would you bank on Fleury in this year's playoff form to outplay Pekka Rene? And I would probably suggest yes. Um, but that's... When you say outplay, is Fleury at 940? <laughs> yes, that... No, no, that version of Fleury. Not the Stanley Cup, because we're not at that point in the, in the run. Like, that's the... 
the that's the sliding doors thing with these. If you put I think them it would be tough division. to go back to back on Nashville and Winnipeg. If they were, oh, no, if they were a yeah. central team, is all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, absolutely no argument with that. It's, I mean, they, they were lucky that, that they only had to play one of those two teams. And having Winnipeg coming off the high of, of beating Nashville um, probably helped um, Probably helped Vegas push their way through as well. Um, I, I would have favored maybe. Winnipeg over Washington if, if they beat Vegas, too. So... Winnipeg really kind yeah. of dropped the ball there. Well, you know, it, and Nashville's going to be pissed. Yeah, it, it is. It is funny. Like we obviously follow Pittsburgh very closely, but because of that, you follow Washington very closely as well. Because of <clears throat> excuse me, being in the same division, but you do get there at times and and wonder. Like you look at the Rangers when they had that really good run of going to those conference finals and you know getting to the Stanley Cup final when Lundqvist was, like, you know, impossible to, to, to get a puck past, well, they've skipped through that now. And you do sit there and go, the windows for these teams often are reasonably fleeting. Like, Nashville will be getting to that point now where they're almost like where Washington is now. Holy crap, have we missed it. Uh, I mean, Washington they got another give... two years. You know what I mean, though? Like, they're starting to push up. To, like, because Pittsburgh are technically up at the, the top end of their, well, the tail end of their their window and, and theoretically Winnipeg are, are sort of like really nudging on it. It comes down to timing of of your good players' ages, really, doesn't it? And you know, Ovechkin's bucking the aging trend, like he's barely falling off. And that helps the stack. Yes. Um well, I did a thing today, like which NHL team that hasn't won a cup is gonna get it next and i was looking through nashville and ryan ellis is making 2.5 million which is you know that's ridiculous <laughs> i think that's for another two years or maybe one roman yossi's deals for four millions up in two years but they do have some good like arvidson's contracts good yarn croak uh philip forsberg's is an excellent contract so you know, there's potential still with them, and they get Rene seven mil off after next year. So all you got to do is go. Do they trust Yuri Saros to be their guy, or are they going to bring someone else in? Because right. much like those Penguins runs that Fleury tanked, often they reckon it's Pekka. Yeah, he's um, a ticking time bomb. He was terrible in Game 7. Didn't he give up three? I think right he gave off the up bat? Two, I think he gave up two straight away, and then they swapped him for Saros, I think. It was it was the Dave Lozo theory of, of goaltending. You know when Peck has got it, you know when he has it. If he hasn't, pull him quick and get, you, get your back up in. Yeah, too little, too late. It is by that unfortunate. And how can you pay seven million dollars to a goalie like that? That yeah. you can't trust in that in that context. And I mean that's that's one of those it's always been one of those issues with the goaltending position. It is the most important position on the team, but unless you've got a guy like Lundquist who 
gives you the same game in, game out, particularly at the end of the year when everything is amplified, even though game one is the same as game 82 in regards to statistics, you get into the playoffs and everything's so much harder. And Lundqvist, how many times has Lundqvist ever been torched early in a game for the Rangers? It's like barely ever. And that's, you know, the problem with, with Pecorino. Like, who else in the league would you trust with a $7 million contract that you know you're going to play a stack load of games with? LA Colford. Yeah. yeah. And he's cheaper than Lundqvist. What do you reckon about Bobrovsky, considering what happens to him in the playoffs? Yeah, you, you can't catch a break in the playoffs. Yeah. Or you so, just can't figure it out. Yeah. Like, Jonathan Quick is... is Theoretically, looking like he's going to be the goalie that people keep saying he is, but he's starting to age up as well. So, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is they're really, really rare. So you need to sort of go, all right, what's the maximum we think we can pay for a goalie that might flop on us occasionally that we can have other parts of the roster better so that we can recover two goals that we shouldn't be having to recover? That's all. And it's the tough decision that you know Nashville will have to make, I suppose, in the next six to eight months because they'll need a plan for when Pekka unless they go back to him I suppose at a cheaper rate but I doubt that'll happen from Pekka's end yeah I mean how could you like yeah I would kind of part ways at that point in time and yeah, they, they parted ways with Shea Weber so there's Poyle's not afraid to uh... no but they got Subban back that's the <laughs> no, I know, but you know, I could see some GMs in that situation. Only GM ever in the franchise, cap, longtime captain. I don't care what we're getting back. I'm not moving him. He's the heart of our team. Yeah, that's true. And they, they, he did let he did let Suda walk as well. So you're right. If if there's going to be a general manager out there that's uh, happy to, to keep to his own rules and constructs, it, it'll be Poyle. You're right. Yeah, um, <laughs> suitor. <laughs> the right decision 30, in the in the thirty three. He's got like a gazillion years left. Years left, yeah, and he's breaking down. Um, geez, we really tangent off from the uh, Washington podcast. Um, did you see? Just quickly back onto that for a second. Did you see um, Jews with the um, tattoo on his arm? The Vegas one. No, 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 geez, Washington's guy. Oh, no. He was in a T-shirt, and somebody took a photo of him with a, a new tattoo on his wrist. Mm-hmm. And he's so hammered, he's pulling the sleeve of his T-shirt up. <laughs> it's like, it's just, this is great. This is, the celebrations these guys are having are awesome. I saw some guy in Vegas that got a tattoo with, uh, Stanley Cup champions on it with Golden Knights. Oh, really? Yeah, two weeks before. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. He hasn't got a year on there yet. If he can just wait, you know, 20 years, he might be able to put, you know... No, I think there was a year on it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, well played, person. Um, in, do you want to discuss anything outside of the outside of the um, the final? I suppose. Um, 
I didn't really have too much in mind. I think we're we're gearing towards the draft, which usually brings some fireworks with it. Um, I, I don't think either of us are too, um, you know, well informed on a majority of these prospects. But the NHL, um, the current players that get traded, that's always interesting. Well, that's it's yeah. I mean, I don't, it's always fun the draft because you know teams do do stuff there now. It's like they think it's too hard to do stuff until it's the deadline or the draft. After that, they don't want to touch anything, and it's it's like. Ugh. But we we I do mean, have the John Tavares stuff creeping up. Well, you know, Elliot Friedman put the Eric Carlson stuff back out there again as well, so. They'll do anything to keep keep us fans on the boil, but um, yeah, the Tavares stuff. To uh, pull a, a a quote from oh, the, I, I, did we talk about the Lamarillo stuff and Gar Snow at all? I don't think we have. That's quite funny. Like that's that's what's going to keep him there. John, don't well, Lou has for the, it. Lou has the magic touch. Come on, man. Yeah. What could Lamorello possibly do to that roster in the short space of time between now and July 1 that would encourage Tavares to stay? Trade for Matt Martin. (laughs) You'd need to trade for Eric Carlson to make him even consider doing anything. And the roster's still not good enough that the two of them together... He sh- it's one of those things where he should take a two-year deal at $6 million a year or $4 million a year or something stupid like that and go to a contender. Or sign a one-year $10 million contract in Toronto. Well, yeah. Because there, as as, there's so much parity in the league, you'd class Toronto as a contender with the flaws in their roster because every team has flaws in their roster. You go and whack a guy like Tavares in there for ten million for one year, and um, if you're going Matthews, Tavares, Kadri up the middle, you're doing just fine. Yeah, absolutely. And you you sit there and, and go, it would be the weight of expectation that stops that team from winning. I think more so than anything else. But they're uh, they they would definitely be a contender. I think they are right now, but I think. Uh, John Tavares' smartest decision would be bank a shitload on a real contender in a great market. Uh, And even, you know, he blows his knee out, which would be terrible. I don't think it would do anything to his long term. Somebody would still give him his money. Somebody would still give him 8x8 eight eight or 8x9 eight or 8x10, particularly with the cap looking like it's probably going to go up a, a couple of mil at least over the next time period. The only issue we might have is the lockout. So that might be his one line of thinking in regards to grabbing a a long-term contract and taking a big signing bonus so that he's got the cash. Yep. Fucking so, lockout. Yeah, he's got uh, a lot of options, I think, and... Staying in New York with the Islanders, I don't think should be one of them. What is he? He owes them nothing. They've given him nothing. 
Hey, if the Rangers managed to get Kovalchuk, not that I could think of why they would want to, because they're supposed to be rebuilding. Should yeah, they they're... There? No. It's such a weird... Yeah, it is. Like... Like you said, they should be rebuilding. Yeah. They they <laughs> did start to trade away people like Nash and Grabner. Uh, they should look to trade Lundqvist. Oh yeah, McDonough too. Yeah. What would? Why? And what was the rush to trade McDonough? I I don't. Well, to to start the re, that's the thing. And then you hear Gordon saying through the playoffs, "No, nah, we're going to do a quick retool and reboot and move forward." And I just yeah, it's. You wonder how much of it's just, you know, trying to keep the fans happy and how much of it they actually believe. It's probably the hardest part for me with this stuff, particularly when you, you know, like in the Pittsburgh market, you know when the clubs leak into particular media people because they're friendly and the type of stuff that comes out of those particular media people, it's like, okay, so the club obviously wants this information public, but I don't know the other teams well enough to, to know who's the mouth mouthpiece of the club and who isn't. So it's always interesting as a outside observer of a market, what the hell's going on? San Jose would be interesting for a Tavares Kovalchuk combo. Well, they've got a few decisions to make at the end of next year, I think, in regards to re signing guys. So they've just forked out a whole bunch of money for Kane. Um, but they've got cap space to do it. Strange, strange deal. It's a, it's a, we think you've done enough to earn it deal. He had a great two week stretch. Yeah. That's all it takes with some of these guys. Yep. Um, but San Jose could do it and yeah, really change the power structure of, of that Pacific division for starters and, and the West in itself. But as far as um, hockey topics, I have to admit, outside of casually watching the the, the final, I haven't really been doing much. <laughs> well, neither have I. You know, you have a life, and I've been moving house. So <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where I think it would be good to be able to have these things short and sharp until the draft, and then we can. Um, Get into breaking down some of these teams and their rosters and what they're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So and go from there. So that might do us today, hey? Yeah, I think so. Um, good to get it in in consecutive weeks. Yeah, right, right, ass for doing that. And um, you know, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Hockey Hurts Podcast. You'll you'll find it. So yeah, find him on Hockey Buzz. Um, all right, we'll see you next gotcha. time. Gotcha.